people who are who take what god says sincerely you know if, if you if if you're a sinner you're 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 gonna go to hell something something has to happen here and when people are telling them well you got to turn from your sins they're thinking the people who are sincere are thinking i can't do that i have tried i tried sincerely and i i could not do it you know and questions like how much Ugh. how often do yes. i have to do it all at once yeah ne know? never comfortable looking at myself until i finally looked at christ and thought well, if there is my salvation, then I don't, no one's going to change the fact that Christ died for my sins. All right, well, I'm here with Cody Coons, a good friend of mine, and I wanted to get him to share his story because when we were doing the Calvary Connect podcast, I had you and your wife on. Yep. Shelby's not here because you guys have two kids now. Yeah. And Kyla's with her because we have a kid too. Lots, so Lots to take care of. Lots to take care of. Yep. Lots of stuff that would be hard for Trent to edit out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But I think your story is just like really amazing. Um, I know we were talking about beforehand, and I know mental health is not like the primary part of your story, but it does play a big part. So I kind of want you to just go through your testimony, how you came to understand salvation, what you struggled with before. Yeah. And then after that, we'll kind of talk about some of the things you fell into doctrinally that mm -hmm. you had to come out of. Like even though you were saved, there's just a ton of stuff out there that's not accurate. Yeah. So I... I guess I can start from the beginning, really, mm -hmm. when I was a kid. I wasn't very churched, I mm -hmm. would say. Um, my mom was a believer. She trusted Christ when she was younger. Um, and we didn't go to church for... I, I would visit my grandparents. We would go to church, things like that. So it was... Yeah, ceremonial. Ceremonial, a yeah. little few and far in between visits. Um, we visited them every summer. So I, I, I guess every summer we would go and I'd maybe go to a little Sunday school that my um, my grandma would run. But didn't go to church that much growing up. Um, around my high school years, we moved to Florida and uh, we began going to church quite a bit specifically um, my mom was married at the time but specifically my mother and my siblings we started going to church quite a bit um, yeah, every Sunday we found a mm -hmm. church that was very close to us a Baptist church and um, I so I had always heard growing up about God and about Christ about Jesus I, I didn't know really much more than those things God yeah. existed uh, the Bible is real. It should be trusted. You know who Jesus Christ was. I knew he died on a cross and things like that. Just, just the facts, you know, right, like yeah. a lot of Americans know stuff like that. But I guess I started learning more when we went, when we started going to this church and I started being interested in those things. Let's say spiritual things, I yeah. guess was interested in those things. And this is around your teen years, around my teen years. Yeah. We moved to Florida when I was in 10th grade. So I guess around 15, mm -hmm. I think you're in 10th grade. So yeah, so starting to go to church and being interested in these things and going to youth group. I found a youth group. It wasn't uh, a youth group at that church. It was another church and it was really fun. A lot of things going on. So I started going. It's where I met Shelby, my wife, who you mm -hmm. previously spoke of. And um, I kind of just fell into, um, I guess, the religious aspect of uh christendom or christianity mm -hmm. i just started kind of doing christian things you know i started uh you know it's not like i was doing drugs or a drink or anything in high school but mm -hmm. those things were very you know shunned in my life i didn't i didn't want to do those things um premarital sex stuff like that um was really important in my mind and 
things like the Bible and things about like talking about Jesus and doing just Christian things, which you would think the the current culture of Christian things is just following rules, just following rules. I be fe- good. Yeah. I fell into, we went yeah. on mission trips. Me and Shelby went to Haiti and things like that. And I just thought this is like my life. This is um, a cool thing, but still nothing about where am I going to go when I die? It was never talked about. It was yeah. really never talked about. I, I will say, um, the youth group we went to, it was never spoke about. I don't even ever really ever remember hearing um, the term gospel or anything about that. It was very about the culture at the time. Even the, we would study books a lot of times, not even the Bible. We would just study books, um, you know, popular books at mm-hmm. the time. And now they by look, Christian authors, by Christian author, or quote Christian authors. That was like two thousand four. Yeah, maybe, yeah, around 2000, like 2004 to 2008, because I graduated. I think Francis Chan was really big. Francis Chan was very big. As a matter of fact, we went to a, (laughs) a, a uh, gathering of teens at Daytona Beach called, I think it was called Big Stuff, or no, it was called Student Life. Student Life, and Francis yeah. Chan spoke there. Yeah, and he yes, was, he's big around that time. He was big. and Crazy uh, Love, he wrote that book, Crazy Love, Crazy and people love. were like all about that. And there's a ton of bad doctrine in there, a lot. So <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about like the culture at that time, yeah. who the popular preachers, and this is who we were listening to. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and it all seemed fine. It was all good feelings and all... Um, just uh area especially when you're in high school you know yeah it's just you're not thinking about these things anyways so um i was confused there was a time in high school where i was questioning my salvation which i know now i did not i was not a saved individual however at that time i was questioning i wanted to know uh am i saved i think maybe maybe someone had preached about it and i thought well am i saved and i remember um speaking to the assistant pastor of the church that we we were attending it's called it was called Trinity Baptist Church. Um, I think it's still there in Ocala, but either way, um, I asked the assistant pastor, you know, it's the whole um, kind of typical Baptist thing at the end of the message, come, come forward. up, come forward if you have something going on. Well, I went forward and spoke to the assistant pastor and he said, you know, what's going on? And I said, uh, I'm not sure if I'm saved or not. So he pulled me to a back room and I basically told him what was going on. I'm kind mm-hmm. of questioning things here. don't know what's going on. And um, what a perfect time to give somebody the you gospel. Would I would, I, I really believe, I think back on that time now, I don't know. Um, but I really believe that I would have trusted in Christ at that moment. I, I, I was sincere in it. It wasn't You're seeking You're yeah, looking for the truth. I wasn't faking and I really did want to know, you know, about salvation and stuff like that. But, uh, he, he told me, well, maybe you should just be baptized again. And so, so I got, so I went and got, I had been baptized before when I was very, very young going um to my grandma's church i walked forward and did that whole thing and was baptized afterwards Uh, me and my cousin at the same time so it was like a big event right i think we even had a maybe a dinner or something like jeremy and my cousin and cody trusted christ you know they're going to be baptized so let's have a a dinner so anyways he told me to be baptized again so that's what i did i was baptized again and still not knowing not knowing, no. And you were doing what you were told and I guess would it, bring about. Yeah. And I guess it pacified at the time my my questions, uh, mm-hmm. just like any event would, you know, do if if a someone you trust to minister the word to you says it, you know, you think Yeah, you're a kid. Like yeah. you would think these people would know what to tell me. Yeah. So I didn't know where else to go. I mean, these people knew the Bible. No authority based on the word. No. Just be baptized again position, yeah. yeah so 
that's what I did. I was baptized again. And then fast forward, I, I, I joined the military. I married my wife. We go off to Japan mm-hmm. and we try to go to church for maybe about a year into the over there in japan yeah they had there's a lot of people that stay back a lot of military members okay they have like started churches so it's very there was a lot of options and we started going to church but we just kind of slowly stopped and then i kind of fell into the typical it's just so typical i look back at it now it's just so typical but it's like the church is hypocritical and you know you get angry at that like i'm not a hypocrite myself right and so uh, church is hypocritical, Christians are hypocritical, so that just led me kind of down a road of just kind of being angry at the whole thing. I wasn't adamantly angry. I wasn't just uh, raging against Christianity, but I, it was more of, uh, I guess, agnostic about it, like, well, just what that's what it is over there, and yeah. I don't really care. So it sounds like you were raised with these rules yeah. that would make you righteous, and you're probably not even thinking they'd make you righteous, but... This is what Christianity is. Yeah. Don't drink, don't have sex, you know, go to church, read, read your Bible, get yeah. baptized. Yeah. And then you grow up and you find out that no one does that. Yeah. And, but they still call themselves Christians and they still go to church. Yeah, exactly. So you just looked at the, I mean, blatant hypocrisy. Yeah. And you're like, I'm out. Yeah. 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 So basically. A lot of people are like that. Yeah. So I just stopped going um, and just didn't really look back. I didn't really think about it. And, you know, I really don't want to blame any of this on my family, especially my mother, my mother did understand the gospel, even at that time, she understood the gospel. Um, and it was probably portrayed to me uh, correctly, maybe not so clearly. and Or it, often. Yeah, or often. And maybe it wasn't the forefront of what was being portrayed to me. But I believe my mom does does and did know that it's by faith alone in Christ. I just uh, wasn't, it, it wasn't put at the forefront of my mind that this Mm -hmm. is important we need to you need to know you know yeah and you need to trust christ as your savior so i stopped going to church and um just kind of lived my life we left the military we moved out to um this is where the airline jobs were in the military i worked on airplanes and airline jobs were out west so i moved we moved to portland oregon um which is was at that time and is now obviously very liberal yeah uh politically and just and just otherwise the, the uh, there was a myriad of philosophies out there um and you can imagine uh, i'm still young i was 22 when i got out of the military I, mm. I was in for four years so you know these philosophies that are new to me are just flooding my mind yeah you're and, and they inundated with it i think about the athenians whenever paul was like you know they they love the the next new thing like what's mm-hmm. this new doctrine this guy's that's kind of how i was I was like this is so great i'm i'm learning so much and i'm going to become such a such a wise philosopher in this world and so <laughs> so oh, first corinthians right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm getting mixed up with worldly philosophies you know i'm reading books by just atheists and and worldly yeah. philosophers and and just talking to people and i i'm thinking it's great for a time you know because i'm young and i'm in a city and here's all this stuff going on and, and it satisfies that human element of pride like yeah i'm collecting all this wisdom and knowledge and you know the average person is just inundated with sports and relationships and you know social drinking and stuff it's yeah. like i'm reading books yeah it was I'm uh getting knowledge <laughs> i don't know if you remember that guy on youtube yeah ty lopez i don't know if his name was ty lopez, ty lopez yeah he reads a knowledge. book a day or something yeah he reads like a book a day get a lambo yeah well i can tell you uh that the gist was up after a while because i think we were in 
Portland for four or five years. Mm. And at the end of it, um, anyway, so I was just being inundated with all these things and you can imagine just what that did to my, my mm -hmm. brain. I was just so lifted up in pride about who I was and then thinking I was so smart. And so, you, you know, you should have seen me if you would have met me back then, you would probably, you'd be like, this guy is a dummy like <laughs> he thinks i was just repeating what i read and thinking yeah. that, that was I that was is smart. So, I, I, I like that you bring that point up <clears throat> that is like christian or uh um the youth culture today yeah it's like i'm an atheist why are you an atheist well and then they'll repeat literally like verbatim something that dawkins said or uh degrasse tyson said or yeah. whatever and they'll they'll just cling to that yeah. you start asking them personal things and they just flop that's a lot of progressivism today it's just repeating tropes that you heard in college class that you heard a professor say or read in a book yeah but you've never actually explored the substance of it yeah exactly you know? yeah and i think uh well it's just the worldly culture it's it's been that way for a long time and and so i just fell right into it and yeah. i was never i would say i was never an an atheist by definition or even an agnostic i honestly did always believe that there was a god I couldn't get past just the the uh, logical sense. Like yeah, something had to has to be of a higher power than where we're at right now. Because look at these things. I mean, design. It, yeah, function. design was the big thing for me. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. So I was never a uh, non-believer in God, but I the, the Bible I was very agnostic towards. The Jesus thing could be real, could not be real. Whatever though, doesn't apply to me. Well. About four or five years into living in Portland, all these things flooding my mind and, um, you know, regular use of recreational drugs, marijuana was, was legal out there. And so, you know, I, I always say I did, I never did, I never smoked marijuana illegally. I always did it legally because I did legalize while I was out there. But, but so all these things, all these things going on. And there was a night, um, and mind you, before, before I say this, I, I, I was not an anxious child. I never really had, um, actually, I looked at people with um, mental health problems, for lack of a better term, and was just like, you know, what is their problem? Why get over it? Get over yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And um, anyways, one night I had a panic attack and it was mm. um, if anyone's ever had one, you know, they're just very it's like an intense uh, feeling of fear and doom and, and you kind of just can't get rid of it. It's like adrenaline rushing through your body and you, you just got to kind of go through it. You, yeah. You're not going to just stop it. You just got to kind of go through it. Well, uh, about a week later, I, I, I kind of like, you know, I looked it up online. I thought I was having a heart attack is really what led me. That's into what it. most people think it is. I, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm on Google and it's like, you're having a heart attack. And I'm thinking like, there's no way, like I'm 22 years old. I'm having a heart attack. Well, um, about a week later I had another, I didn't think anything of that panic attack. I thought it's a panic attack. People have them. I'll be fine. Well, a week later I had another one and this one lasted it's for like three months. It was, mm. well, I'd say half a year. It was like half a year of like being in panic mode. Yeah. It was, it was a very wild time for me. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is, like I said, I wasn't an anxious child. I was an anxious person, uh, a depressed person or anything like that. Uh, but I just got smacked with this, uh, this, this panic and yeah. it just wouldn't go away. And in my panic state, I, I needed something to help me. Um, I didn't want to turn to medicine or, um, you know, like pills and things like that. I had recently had a friend 
who had kind of went down a semi the same road who had been on pills and the pills had made things worse. So in my yeah. panic state, I'm thinking, I don't want to make things worse. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to take those pills that made him worse. So I didn't want to do that. I didn't really want to talk to anybody about it or go to like a psychiatrist or anything like that. Of course, my wife has never been through anything like this or even really seen anybody go through anything like this. So she can't help me. Mm -hmm. You know, I call my mom, um, my mother and as a source of comfort, you know, um, cause she's the one who raised me. So I'm trying to get information from her and she, she did give me good advice, which, you know, you need to read the Bible and, uh, things like that. But even she can't help me, you know, you sh you're not going to get in my brain and fix it. You know, yep. that that's not going to be a thing. So anyways, uh, in my panic state, I had to grab a hold of something cause I, I just, I needed to get out of this thing. It was, it, I was literally felt like I was going crazy, losing mm -hmm. my mind. And so I turned to the Bible. There was some books that my, I, I believe my mother suggested. So I bought those books and started reading them. And I was just trying to not deny anymore that uh, God was real and that he is, it, he is involved in humans' lives. That was another thought I had, you know, like yeah. God might be real, but he's not involved in you decided to seek for yourself. I did. And yeah. pretty quickly I found out it didn't take me very long to find out that the Bible was true just by just by studying it, just by looking at it. Well, logically, um, we were just speaking about this before we started recording. You know, for, 40 authors, the prophecy alone that was fulfilled just by Christ himself, let alone other events in mm -hmm. history. I thought this has got to be God's word. Oh, yeah. I, I pretty much threw out the idea of any other kind of multi-deist religion um they kind of just seem so silly to me there's you know and so the, the 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 one um god you know there's there's other islam things like that well those kind of went out the window too and i just started kind of looking into things um uh, you know the quran um talks about how the bible is the word of god well <laughs> the bible itself you know but they don't believe jesus was the son of god yeah, right but the, right so that those those two can't can't add up so yeah. it was pretty easy to find out that the bible was the word of god so that was pretty established in my mind pretty early in this panic mode that this is the word of god well so now i got a good at least basis to go off of right and so i'm still reading books i'm studying the bible the bible is really not making sense to me um just because i didn't know anything i didn't have the foundation of the gospel and, and and you know that can just mess even when the foundation is not firm everything else is shaking oh yeah you look at the teachings of christ and you think that these i mean you you only have one position but to take them literally yeah so yeah. So I did that, and there were some books, and in one of the books, it mentioned, I think probably in the beginning, about salvation. Like, you know, we're going to go through the Bible, but before that, you need to, you need to be saved. You need to you know, understand that, uh, you know, um, the gospel, you need to understand salvation. Now, I will say that book did not give a clear gospel. It was very um, works-based, but it got me thinking about I, you know, I, in my panic sake, I wasn't thinking, am I saved or am I not saved? But that brought up the question. I'm like, am I saved or not saved? And then that sent me into even more of a panic mode because now I'm thinking I have no clue if I'm saved. I'm, I'm trying to go back in my past, you know, those those years I went to church, and, and I'm trying to think, like, did I get saved? Did I ever, you know, do the things that this book specifically is telling me to do as far as, you know, it mentioned Jesus, but it also mentioned, like, you know, turning from your sin, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I... I am in a panic mode and I'm in a more panic mode now because I'm thinking I am might at any moment drop into hell. I was I was scared to go to sleep. 
because mm-hmm. I'm thinking like if I have a heart attack or something and I die, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. It's very common. I've heard a lot of people say that it, it, when, when they're seeking and they're not finding the truth. Yeah. They're coming across the workspace stuff. And that, just no, like I'm not, I'm not doing enough. And it, if I die tonight, it's over. It, it was months of that. And when you type in, yeah. it, I'm a millennial, so I went straight to the internet typing in questions, you know, how can I know I'm saved? And the people that pop up are the big publishers. Um, not, not to name, well, I will name names. There's like John MacArthur, John Piper, things like that. And we are huge. Sprawl. Yeah. Sprawl. Zondervan, the publishing company is all about those guys. Yes. They really push and promote material. Those are the things I found. You, yep. YouTube videos. Those are the things I found. Those are the people. And and that's the common message nowadays. Really, the minority believes um, what I found out to be the truth. But uh, so that's what I'm finding, and it's just sending me. I'm thinking exactly what you said. I cannot. I, I don't know how these guys are doing it. They're talking about, you, you know, you, you you can't be living in sin and and be saved. And I know they put a measure on it, this human measure on it. But I'm thinking there is no way I can keep this. I'm trying so hard. Yeah. I mean, I stopped uh, doing the recreational drugs. I I was smoking cigarettes at the time. I stopped that cold turkey. I even stopped caffeine because mm. I thought in some way caffeine might affect me. And I remember you telling me about the the uh the homeless and the poor and all of that yes yeah and and how you looked at those instructions in light of the teachings of like macarthur and piper and sprawl that yeah say that whole sinless aspect yes yeah the and you were like i gotta start a business to help the the poor and the needy and like live my life for that well and the question was asked one of the books or articles i was reading was jesus says very clearly and he's speaking about the sermon on the mount that you need to help the poor and he's like I know people want to quantify this, but he's basically saying if you don't help the poor, you're going to hell. <sighs> so in my lost state, in my in my trying to understand salvation state, oh my gosh. I, I remember I was watching a show one time with my wife, a popular show, Game of Thrones. I don't suggest anybody watches it. It's it's pretty raunchy, but I was watching it at the time and there was a <laughs> this is gonna sound so silly, but there was a uh, a scene where one of the dragons was like breathing fire on an army of people. And I remember my wife looked at me during the time. I was like, are you okay? Because I was sitting there just staring at the wall, pondering. And it's almost going to make me cry. And I don't want to get emotional. But I was thinking, like, this is going to be horrible if I go into hell. This is going to be very bad. Yeah. And so I was so, I was just scared. And it was a long time for, like, probably the whole panic state and everything. So probably about six months, I'm in this state just wondering, like, how what? can I know I'm saved? How can I know mm-hmm. this? And... So I went on for a long time and I was trying to read and trying to study and there was a a website I found. It's probably the fiftieth time I typed in online, how can I know I'm saved? And I found a website and I suggest people go to the website. We'll put it in the description. It's a yeah, it's a great website made by a by a godly man who understands the gospel. It's called knowimsaved.com. Great. Absolutely fantastic URL. Yes. Like I know. I mean how do you get it? He's right? got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's run by a man named Richard Fulton. He's a pastor based out of uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I went on there, and he had his own testimony. It was much like mine. Wasn't he a pastor for a while? He, was, he wasn't sure. He was a, uh, I'm not sure if he's a pastor or like an evangelist. Yeah. Uh, but, but he didn't even. Or a traveling pastor, I guess. Yeah. But well, no, he sure. was not saved at the time. And, and he was, he would do these things to pacify, get baptized again, and things like kind of like me. Uh, you know, during my younger days and he, he was never sure of his salvation and it caused him a lot of emotional stress, kind of like, kind of like me. So I'm listening to his testimony 
I'm like, man, this guy sounds just like me. And then not only does he have his testimony on there, but he has where he walks through the Bible and shows you all these questions you can have about salvation. You know, just for example, do I have to know the day I was saved? Things like that. Right. These questions are going through my mind because they're coming up from these things I'm reading. Do I have to keep the law to be saved? Do I have to stop sinning to be saved? Things like that. Well, he mm-hmm. has messages for all these. And the, the, the thing that made the difference is that he literally said, okay, let's open our Bibles. Oh, uh, yeah. And he would just walk you through what the Bible said about this situation. And it was just eye-opening to me. And I still didn't quite get it, so I he had a little um, communication like a contact form contact form where I emailed him and I believe he called me that day and he said, hi, this is Richard Fulton. I wasn't going to answer it cause you know, it says Texas and it looked like a, like a spam call, but mm-hmm. I answered it and he said, this is Richard Fulton from gnomesave.com. I got your, your email. I'd like to you know talk to you. And I think in the email I just wrote like <laughs> something simple, like I want to know I'm saved and I don't know how I can been trying to figure this out for six months, you know? Wow. So he said, do you have a Bible? And I said, yeah, I grabbed a Bible. And in my, I was kind of embarrassed of my condition. So I didn't want to be like, I didn't tell Shelby. I went to knowimsafe.com and sent it. So I was kind of embarrassed of my condition. And I went up to my truck outside and had my Bible. And he said, turn to John uh, three, chapter three. And I thought, well, he's going to bring me to John three sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a great verse to bring somebody to when you're trying to lead them to Christ. But I had read it a million times and I'm, I still didn't quite get it. Yeah. So he said, let's read John 3, 14 through 15. And so we read it, and I was not a Bible student or knew the Bible very well at that time, so he brought me back to Numbers and showed me the context about, you know, Moses lifting the brass serpent on the pole, everybody that looked uh, was healed. And so he, in light of that context, which is the context of John 3, 16, he showed me what John 3, 16 meant. And it's like a... Um, and I, I don't like saying this all the time because people feel like they have to have a lightning bolt moment, that, which is not the case. Not it's, the case. it's as easy as understanding the gospel and believing it. But I had a, I was just in a, such a state that I had a lightning bolt moment. It was just like, oh my gosh. Plainness. Yeah. Clarity. Yes. It was yeah. beautiful to me. I oh, remember yeah. going right inside. I don't know if that was the moment I was saved or not. It was the moment I understood, though, that. Christ paid for my sins. This is the way. Yes. And I remember going inside and asking my wife, like, do you, have you trusted in Christ as your savior? Like, let me read you something. I'm like going through what I had just been taught three verses, you know, and I had been reading the Bible frantically and Mm -hmm. I felt like everything was condemning me, you know? And well, well, if I can just, I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, the law is, is telling us you are not going to be good enough. Exactly. Yeah. And And so now you see, the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. It was he a beautiful thing for me. you. Oh yeah. And like I said, I don't know if that was the moment I was saved, but it's the moment I understood. Yeah. And, um, from there, there was still some confusion. I still had some questions. Um, Richard Fulton was there to answer some of those questions. Other people were there to answer some of those questions, but I understood the gospel and that started the, the, this whole journey with everything. And there was still some of the, like the panic and stuff like that, the anxiety that was kind of left over from those, those times, but that slowly kind of started falling away. And mm-hmm. I started understand the Bible really started making sense to me. Once I understood yeah. it's by faith alone in Christ alone, and he really did pay for it all. It made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And so, um, 
like I said, there were still some questions, but I answered them with the Bible. I went to the Bible and it started making sense to me. And we, um, really the rest is history. That that's really Mm -hmm. what started my journey. I, I found, um, you know, the previous pastor of this church, Yankee Arnold, uh, one of your mentors online, your guys' YouTube ministry, Mm -hmm. which I believe you started. And I started growing from there because here's a man that understood the gospel and stood on that foundation. And so the Bible was being clearly explained to me. Yeah. And I, I feel like I just took off. It was just like growing exponentially. It's so, it's so natural. Like I want to comment on a couple of things because I don't want to get too far away from what you just said. Like, first of all, that light bulb analogy. Like I think for a lot of people, why it is a light bulb moment is it's because the shackles are broken. Like all this stuff that, like you were saying, like the, you're just, you're not good enough. You're not, you will never be good enough. And you look at these men of who you don't know, but they're telling you that they're good enough. Yeah. And you just do the things that they're doing and that'll be enough, but you don't know what they're doing. And so you just write it off. But the more you think about it, hell becomes more and more of a truth and you recognize I don't have any assurance. So when you find, I mean, I just look at Hebrews and just, you know, find that rest, go enter into this rest and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I, I think for a lot of people, the reason why they describe it as a lightning bolt moment, and I like how you say it's not necessary, yeah. but for a lot of people it happens because it is that moment of freedom. It's the burden being lifted. It's like finding out all your debt is paid, yeah. you know, and that you have no more debt. And then the other thing that you mentioned too about context, this is what I love about Fulton, Dr. Arnold, Freddie, Kakuza, Scudder. I mean, all the people that I'm close to, but other people like uh, Pastor Randy Ford um, uh, that I was in Israel with a little while ago. These men understand that context is so important. If we look at the context of the scripture, right? Like what caused the scripture to come about? God so loved Mm -hmm. in this way that he sent his son. And I'm going to make the promise to you in Genesis. And I'm going to show you the entire record all the way through my Old Testament. And then I'm going to show you how Christ came and fulfilled that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to prove it to you because he raised it from the dead. That's how much I love you, that I gave my son for you. Yeah, That's context. You can't just take a verse. We were joking about it this morning. It's like, I like to work quickly. Why? Well, because Jesus said, Judas, what thou go doest, uh, do it quickly. So therefore, I'm a quick man. I just like to do things quickly. That's what a lot of people's Bible study is. It's like one verse cherry picked to meet a message or a a topic. Yeah. And I think it's, I I think that moment where you're in your truck and you understand it and then immediately you go and tell Shelby, it's like the woman at the well. Yeah. She knew it. She understood it. She was like, and she went into the city and all these guys that she had probably been inappropriate with and knew a lot about her in an inappropriate way. She's now saying, come. And see a man has told me all the things ever about me. Yeah. And here come the disciples. They're like trying to get lunch. And Jesus <laughs> is like, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And I could just imagine them like, where'd you go? Where, yeah, where'd you we're get looking it? for meat. We can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> I like, but I just like see so many like the growth that happens after a person trusts in Christ. Mm. It is more natural than the Lordship salvation. Yeah. That says you've got to do in order to get. Yeah. I mean, th- there's, there's no way. Yeah. Religion says do. And Jesus says, done. Yeah. I did it for you. I know that's a cliche that we've all heard, but it's so, it's so true. true. And that's what I like about your story. Like all that suffering and searching and, you know, coming from a family that probably had the gospel clear, but was not taught. I mean, Shelby had understood the gospel, but there wasn't any teaching on it. You go to church, you hear rules, you find out the church is a, you know, hypocrisy, and then you're really searching and the people you find are not helping. Yeah. You know, they give you some temporary respite because you're going, 
I'm at least trying. Yeah. But then when you're in the quiet moment and you know yourself, you're like, I am so far from what the what the law requires me to be. Mm. And then there's all the things that you don't know you have to do, and you find that out, and it causes another, you know, catastrophe of realizing I'm I'm never going to be good enough. It was a wild time for sure. Um, I think a lot of people are there, and it's just sad. They are, yeah. And I have spoken since then, since I've trusted Christ, and uh, just kind of gone through all that time. And like I said, there were questions afterwards. Um, there were questions after I trusted Christ that I had, and I just had to go through the Bible. I, I feel like almost any question you've had about your salvation or anyone could ever had, it has gone through my mind, and I have had mm-hmm. to study it out. And it just made me more sure of my salvation. And then it, it kind of put me in a place to help people who were in the, in the same situation or are in the same situation. There are a lot of people. Yeah. And I've spoken to them. And, um, can you talk about the YouTube stuff that you would do? Like you'd get on these videos that you now found out were like, "Eh, that ain't it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I would, after I understood the gospel, I'd go back to these videos, um, where the gospel wasn't quite clear hundreds of thousands of views yeah lots of views and um what what, the first one i really kind of did it on was a was a john piper video and i would just put in there because he would be saying things and i would have studied the bible enough at that time to know what he's saying is not correct especially specifically about the gospel a lot about feelings and how you feel about things and that's how you should tell whether or not you're saved and i thought this is just so ridiculous but (laughs) I uh, would put on there, you know, I, I bet you this video is going to bring a lot of people who are doubting their salvation because that's probably why they're coming to this video because the yeah. video was about how to know you're saved. And if you're still confused, you can email me. So I put my email in, in there and I would get emails from people. Uh, so I saw your email on this John Piper video and I, I listened to his video and he says this and I did feel that way. And he says, if you feel this way, then that probably means you're not saved. Can you explain this to me? And of course I would just shut all that out and I would just give him what the word said, you know, I would just give him what the word said. The thing that Richard Fulton did for me whenever he led me to Christ was he, he did exactly that. He led me to Christ. Everyone else, it's like they, uh, not everyone else, but people who don't understand the gospel or maybe they did it one time and they don't anymore. It's like they lost it or something. They got caught up in the, you know, yeah. Christendom or something, the the religion of it. Philosophy of Christianity, theological study. There you go. They would, they, it was like everyone was skipping around the cross and all I needed was someone to just place my eyes on what Christ did and just keep them there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Richard Fulton with some miraculous words teaching me anything. He just told me the word. He just showed me what it is I needed to be saved and that's Christ. And yep. so when my eyes saw it, you know, my eyes, I, I, my eyes of faith, I guess you can say, I was just like, there it is. There's my salvation, Christ on the cross. And that's, and that's a historical fact. And God is saying that is where my sins were placed. And that's what you need to believe in. And I I can believe in a historical fact and I can believe the account that God gave that that's what paid for my sins. That's easy. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And that's just what I try to do with people and, um, on, on these videos. And I would, you know, forums and, and places like that and, and blogs and stuff like that. I was still, um, on the internet a lot after that time, which I'm not sure was, maybe the best thing for a new Christian. Cause there's a lot on the internet. Um, but yeah, so I, I would just comment on these videos and I would get a lot of emails from people and asking me how it is. They can, they can know they were saved. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very confused. And so it was, uh, it was a good time of growing. It was a good time of learning how to share the gospel. Um, clearly with people, you just kind of learn how to take people where they're at. You know, some people don't have any knowledge really. And you got to, 
you got to kind of give them some s- stuff. Um, some of them know exactly uh, the salvation message, but they're, they're so confused about aspects of faith and stuff, these simple yeah. things. And you just take them where they're at and walk them right up to the cross and say, yeah. there's your salvation. And I just got um, good about that. And that was the f- uh, better about that. And that was the fuel. It just knowing the gospel, knowing the, no understanding grace and the freedom of the gospel was like the fuel that just kept me going. It, I think I, I even recently I've thought about, I'd say maybe the first four years or three years of my Christian life, it was just like, it was like a, a, a whirlwind of just like motivation and, and learning and growing. And it was just, it was a, it's a very treasured time because it was just, mm-hmm. it set the foundation for the rest of my life. So, yeah. Yeah. And so here I am now and, um, but there is a lot of people out there in the same situation as me. People who are, are who take what God says sincerely. You know, if if you if if you're a sinner, you're 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 going to go to hell. Something something has to happen here. And when people are telling them, "Well, you got to turn from your sins," they're thinking, the "People who are sincere are thinking, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I have tried. I tried sincerely, and I I could not do it." You know, and questions like how much, Ugh. how often do yes. I have to do it all at once? Yeah, you know? ne- never comfortable looking at myself until I finally looked at Christ and thought, well, if there's my salvation, then I don't, no one's going to change the fact that Christ died for my sins. Yeah. So how, how, you know, now I have something solid to stand on, to place yes. my faith in, and now I can know I'm saved because if that happened, then I'm saved. If it didn't happen, then I should be pitied, right? Because I'm believing in something kind of like, you know, they're talking about not believing in the resurrection in Corinthians. You know, we should all be, our, we're men most pitied but anyways if that happened which it is a historical fact and a lot of people try to uh shoot away but um mcdowell's probably my favorite now i know he's a big uh for spiritual laws guy yeah. like he does not have salvation clear but as a i think he's an attorney he went to go seek out the veracity yeah. of christ's life and yeah. he became a christian now i don't know what that means i hope he put his faith in christ but, yeah. but i think least... the difference is like i don't mean to interrupt you but i think okay. the difference is like honest seeking Yes, you know, and there are a lot of honest seekers out there. Is what I've found. There are yeah. a lot, of, and a lot of them are on the internet, <laughs> and they're quiet because they're scared. Yes, because everything that they're hearing is, is uh, you know, it's a yoke of, it's 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 bondage. Yeah, it's a it's a yoke. It's a heavy weight. Yeah, and you don't yeah. want you don't want to ask the question and get the same thing back. You no. you want answers. You're seeking. It's 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 kind of like you're drowning and, and you want someone to just g- give you a, a, <clears throat> a, yep. a float so you cannot drown anymore. But everyone keeps handing you all this, oh, this yeah. garbage. I, and you're like, this, yeah, this isn't going to float like a water bottle or something. Like I can't <laughs> float on this. I remember in uh, college reading about some things that Dr. A. Ray Stanford would, would say, you mm-hmm. know, the founder of Florida Bible college. Yeah. And he would compare like, you know, a man drowning in the ocean to a man who's seeking salvation. Yeah. And there would be these ships that would come by and throw him a book on how to swim. There you go. <laughs> and uh, then the next guy would come by and would earnestly demonstrate on the boat what he needs to do. This is how to tread water. This is how to keep your head above above the water, all that stuff. Yeah. But the man's still drowning. Yeah. And then it wasn't until somebody actually threw him a life raft for him to or a little buoy or whatever yeah. to grab onto, yeah. to hold onto, to bring him ashore. Yeah. And uh, he would use the illustration of someone would throw him the buoy and then throw him back out without yeah. the buoy. And it's like, what has he done there? 
But real salvation is that guy getting delivered onto the boat and then put on dry ground. Yeah. And now he's not in threat of, yeah. of, of drowning anymore. Not every illustration has its hole. But, I mean, isn't that perfect with Christ? Mm. I mean, he's not only delivered us temporarily to throw us back in and see, okay, do you really have enough now? But he's, he's put us on solid, solid ground. The threat of drowning is gone. The threat of hell yeah. is never going to be applied to the Christian. Yeah, You and I talk about this all the time. <clears throat> the way we understand those doctrines, the doctrine of eternal security, which I believe is one and the same with the gospel. Yeah. You're given eternal life. Some people want to parse it. But the only way you understand that is by understanding and applying the practicality of the word. Yep. And that's the last thing that people do. I know. It's platitudes. It's fancy sayings. Like, I, I think a lot of preachers today, they're cotton candy preachers. I mean, it's a huge piece of cotton candy. You put one drop or two drops of water on that, it shrinks into nothing. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. And people are getting that. They're like, there's no substance here. So where does the substance come in? The word, the, the word. word, the word. You know the word. You live the word. You'll be good. Yeah. As as a believer, I never much like cotton candy, so that's a good that's a good analogy. But the uh, I think people get, I think it's just human nature, the sin nature that gets addicted to personalities, people's mm-hmm. personalities. I like I, I'm like MacArthur. I like Piper. I like well, I like Chan, or I like this guy, or I like that that guy, and yeah. they 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 uh, cling to their every word, and um, I don't know why these people don't preach the gospel correctly. I don't know if they had it right at one time or maybe they never had it right. I don't know, but they, they don't preach it correctly. And a lost man, first and foremost, needs the gospel. And that's what I needed. And Said plainly. Yes. Yeah, in a way he can understand. Yes. With scriptural evidence. Yes. All throughout the scripture, they're explaining it to, I think about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why clarity and the and and the and you know you and I call it clarity. This that's a word that you and I use a lot and is used by people that we know a lot. Clarity, but it is really just sticking with what the word says because the word is clear in and of itself. It's yeah. very clear. It's not confusing for people when you just he took Richard Fulton took three verses and explained the gospel to yeah. me from the whole Bible. Three right. verses and explain it clearly to me for me to understand. It's clear in and of itself, but people, um, the uh, the word just doesn't have enough of a stance or veracity in their life to this is what I'm going going to stick to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it is human nature to just apply your opinion to everything rather than just oh, yeah. this is what the word says. Like you said, the cult of personality. Yeah, I think one of the biggest guys right now still, and he's been around for a while. And most of his stuff on YouTube is old. Mm-hmm. And it still gets like, I'm pretty sure some of his videos have over a million views. But Paul Washer oh, yeah. is probably one of the most influential forces in people doubting their salvation. Yeah, I would say because so. Because Paul Washer makes salvation so hard. It, he makes he makes the certainty of salvation so hard as yeah. if there is no joy in the Christian life. Yeah, And like 1 John 1, 4 says, these things... Write I unto you that your joy may be full. Yeah. They already have the joy. You can have fullness of it. Yeah. But you get guys like Washer and they preach these excellent emotional. they have the emotional, yeah. yeah, they're like very convincing. But then when you study the substance of it in light of the word, which people don't do, yeah. It falls short. Yeah. But they don't they just take it up, they go, Oh my goodness, I don't know. I still have this sin in my life. I still struggle with this, you know. How do I know I'm really yielded? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So then the doctrine of the two natures becomes 
imperative, like yeah. so important for people to understand. But Washer's not teaching that. No. It's no. like take your eyes off Christ and put it back on yourself. Yes. Yeah. Washer was, Paul Washer was one that I watched um, quite a bit during that time of seeking. He came up a lot because he produces a lot. He does. And Heart Cry, I think, is his ministry. Or yes. Like that. And he's very emotional. He's very charismatic. And it seems as though. He seems honest, sincere. Yes. And maybe he is. Uh, but you can be honest and sincere and be sincerely sincere, wrong, sincerely wrong. And he, <laughs> he is about salvation. I, I, uh, um, I detest some of the things he says sometimes I don't detest the man, but I do detest what he says. And it's, uh, well, MacArthur's the same way. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to bash on these people, but I think our audience should know, like you need to be careful with these men. Yes. Now washer, I would probably say I have never heard him give a clear gospel. I don't think I, have. I haven't MacArthur. I have heard him say it, but you read his stuff. Yeah. And he is so clearly lordship. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a book we did a we did a message or a, a video on it, um, another Jesus or something. You had sent me the quote. Yeah, that's right. And he very clearly says the call of the gospel is yeah service, yeah. like it is discipleship. Yeah. It is count the cost. That yeah. is not the call of the gospel. Yeah, have fun trying to live that life. And you know what, MacArthur? If that's what it is, you tell me how much. Yeah. Because when I see in the scripture, it says perfection unless your righteousness exceeds that of the pharisees you will not enter into the kingdom right you know why everybody in the sermon on the mount was a little concerned because the pharisees were the creme de la creme you know they were the top yeah you're like i can't even get to them i gotta be better yeah they skip over verses like the law was a schoolmaster you know why was the law given it was a schoolmaster to lead us where to -hmm. christ and um yeah i don't know why 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 people um like them who are big producers big christians and uh, you know Christianity, why they they confuse the things. But I will say, when the foundation is wrong and the foundation is Christ and His gospel, that whole Bible, it is all throughout the Bible. Like you said, He mentioned it in Genesis. Here's oh, yeah. the promise, and it's all the way at the end. Actually, the last call. That was one of the verses that I told you I was still a little bit confused about things after um, Richard Fulton had explained things to me. Still a little bit confused, still kind of struggling a little bit. And in Revelation, one of the last calls is. Uh, come and drink of the water of life freely. When I freely, when I yeah, yeah, when I saw the freely, I again went into my wife and said, "It is free." I literally told her, "It's like someone set a candy bar on this table and said, if you want the candy bar, take the candy bar. It's there, available for you.'" And I just go and grab it because he told me I can. <laughs> I was like, "And Lordship I, Salvation is a tiny fish string, yeah, fishing line." And it's like, "Oh, gotcha. You gotta come this. You need way. a little bit more." So free, yeah. So I, uh, Jesus proclaimed that in the feast. I think it's John seven. He says, uh, whosoever thirsts come and drink freely. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then there's the prophecy of the Holy spirit. Yeah. That would, that came in acts too, but it's always been free. It's always been free, free. It's all throughout the Bible. And when the foundation, when that is bad mm-hmm. and they don't have it right, everything else it's like it's, it's faulty and you can see it you can see it and people don't have the gospel right and 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 then the the sad part but it's sad for a moment because you know they're still saved but yeah the knots that have to be untied mm. like there there are some deep i'm working with some people right now yeah. where there's just some deep knots and it's like i don't know much about massage but i know if you got like a knot in your back like there is some serious pressure and probably bruising on the outside of the skin that has to happen for that knot to become loose and have things flowing properly and i yeah. feel like that's a lot of baby believers yeah they carry this baggage from lordship i mean i i would i would venture to say it's easier for a catholic 
to come to Christ and then grow grow up into spiritual maturity mm-hmm. than it is for someone who's coming out of lordship. Well, they tend to um, almost because they're all evangelists, right? And so they mm-hmm. they they mix and a lot. There's a lot of Baptist churches that. Uh, you know, people grew a lot, especially in the South where we're at. Oh, yeah. A lot of people grew up in Baptist churches. And mm-hmm. so they're thinking, well, because I go to a Baptist church now, Northside Baptist Church in mm-hmm. Athens. And I was y- raised in a Baptist church. And you would think that they're one and the same, but they're not. They are not. They're not. And so they, they just think they're all mixed. And they're thinking, well, this man is telling me this. And uh, this man, who's also part of a Baptist church, a preacher at a Baptist church, is telling me this. So I should listen to him too. Yeah. But they're not saying the same thing. I wish I had this book with me, but I think I threw it away. <laughs> but last Saturday, we had choir practice before Resurrection Sunday, and my father-in-law brought in a little door hanger that he had received from the church that I grew up in. Oh, wow. And it had a it had a, a, a gospel of John, and then on the back, it had the Romans Road. Mm-hmm. And at the very back, it says, like, salvation is not of works, lest any man should boast. And it says, these are the four things you have to do to get saved. Mm-hmm. And it was, I remember this, I had not seen this, Cody, since, like, 97 98 like when i was in sunday school i was gonna say 1972 (laughs) but i remember looking at it and it was this little boy and he's kneeling and there's four steps and there's the cross at the top wow and it says you have to believe excuse me you have to repent which means turn from your sin and in the book they say that where it literally says it's not of works the next sentence that's why i wish i had the book yeah says turn from your sin repent then you believe yeah the next step says ask and then the next step says receive. Wow. And so here you are as a kid or as an adult, and you're going, I have to do, do, do. Mm. First, I promise to turn from my sin. Then I believe. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to believe at that point? Are you believing on the condition that you've also done enough? Then you have to ask for what? Yeah. It's already been given, but yeah. you just ask, God, save me. Yeah. And then you receive. <laughs> yeah. it, what what do you do at that point? Most people wait for a feeling, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And you, and I think a lot of people don't get it. Yeah. But then they see their personal worker like, oh, this is great. Don't you feel it? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you know, humans mirror. I mean, that's that's yeah. the whole thing. Like, yeah, I'm great. And then you go home and you're, you're, you're caught up in whatever sin you're caught up in or you still can't shake the drinking. You still can't shake the pornography stuff. You, shall, you, you all, all that. And you're sitting there wondering, did I repent enough? Mm. Did I do enough? Mm. Cycle. And you know what it does? Keep some slaves to that church. Yes. Because, man, they, I, I can always go to the pastor and then just get baptized again. Yeah. Now, I want to be a love slave for Christ, yeah. like Paul says. Like I want to know him. I heard a quote that talked about that kind of four-step or five-step or six-step, however many steps that, that, that they might give for the gospel uh and by the way the seven steps of the gospel that we teach those are just seven points yeah (laughs) by the way but the uh the quote was the only steps required for salvation are the steps christ took to the cross that's good it's very good yes yeah i I, my the whole thing is people uh understanding like i did that uh your salvation is finished absolutely just look it's just like those people looked at that brazen serpent and they were healed you look to Christ and believe on him and you're healed. It's it's such a simple concept that people stumble over it. And right. I understand it's human nature to do so because you want, um, you, you spoke about um, religion and rules. And when I was younger, um, I, I think you, you were talking about um, Judas doing things fast. When I was younger, <laughs> someone made the comment in one, like a sermon that he was giving when I was going to church about Jesus never running anywhere. And so I thought in my religious self, young self that 
I should not run anywhere because Jesus did not run anywhere. So you can see it's just the natural, especially for a young kid, just yeah. to take something and go, this is a rule I'm going to apply to my life because it's good. And, and you got Kenneth Copeland saying, if Jesus was around, he wouldn't be taking residential flights. Like, or uh, <laughs> what do you say? Commercial flights or something? Commercial flights. There's demons. It's like, I got to have my own. There's demons demon in there. tubes or something. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Well, I know we could talk forever, but um, I think I just... I know that we had already interviewed you and all that, mm -hmm. but I wanted to get this on Bible line because I just, I know that this is a lot of people's story yeah, and a lot of people have experienced this freedom. But what I think is good is that you didn't just sit with the freedom. Mm. You went and told other people, Yeah, you know, and some ministries like Richard Fulton's no, I'm saved.com guys got two great books right now. I think one of them is called no, I'm saved. Knowing I'm saved. And another yeah. one he's written that I've I've probably read in about a quarter. I've read about a quarter of it, but it's mm -hmm. uh, leaving Egypt yeah. and talking about the Christian growing life. up yeah. into the Christian life. Yeah. yeah, and it is going to be denying the flesh and walking in the spirit, but it doesn't have to be this overcomplicated mm -hmm. mess. And that's where people get into theology, man. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we could keep going on that, but so then ministries like Dr. Arnold's and Dr. Kakuza's and Scudder's and Norm Diamante over there at Good Hope and all yeah. these people that are trying to show people the sufficiency of God's word, yeah. not only for your spiritual life to begin, which is your salvation, but also for all things, faith and practice. Yep. It's on the word. So know the word, know the word. And I want people to see that because you're not a man of uh, like great stature, you know, like yeah. you don't have this, this, this wealthy family that you come from or, or anything like that, but you are a man who's submitted himself to the word. Yeah. And, and that's how you came across the 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 gospel message that led you to faith in Christ and you got two kids now and we always when I mean, we talk every day mm -hmm. and we're always talking about how we're going to raise our kids and all that kind of stuff but isn't it great to know that there's coming a time when and I think your daughter has already understood most of the gospel message yeah I think so but you know what to tell her yeah you're not sitting there going oh man Baby, you gotta be perfect yes you know and then this is going to be a huge burden on you and daddy doesn't know yeah oh my gosh what is that yeah. that's like a kid's gonna you tell that to a kid and they're gonna honestly flip yeah because that's like what especially <laughs> my daughter i guess all kids are very literal but she is yeah literal literal yeah yeah i i i thank god often that i trusted christ before um right after i trusted christ is when um we got pregnant or my wife got pregnant with our daughter but i thank god all the time i, I remember before she was born i looked at show was like isn't it great that she's not going to have to grow up in the confusion that mm. me and you do. Because there was a time my wife was confused too. Yeah. And isn't it great? Because I know the answers to give or not because of anything in myself, but because the word clearly states. The word I, clearly states it. The gospel is so much of a part of my life. Like when we were going through our adoption process, my whole prayer was, whoever you bring into our life, God, whoever it is, mm. boy or girl, whatever, I know she's going to hear the gospel. Yeah. Like that. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So... If that doesn't, let me get a hold of myself here. If the gospel is not as good as it is and free as it is, like there's no point in life. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It gave me, it gave me, um, a reason to live. It seems like, um, not that I didn't want to live before when I was going through all that stuff. It just, it is, it's just such a fire yeah. for me to get through anything to, to, uh, go through anything. I think now I tell people a lot that my life really didn't get hard till I trusted Christ. It's like all these things <laughs> yeah. I trusted Christ and all these things started coming down on me. It's like uh, yeah. close people started passing away and, and just some tragedies and stuff like that. And uh, 
Um, I just think, you, you know, the whole time that the, there's this, just been this fire lit by what the God, who Christ is and what yeah. the gospel is. And it's, I used to think, is this ever going to run out? Like, yeah, it's just one message. Yeah. It's just one message. Like, am I ever going to get tired of it? And I haven't gotten tired of it yet. Cause it's sufficient. Yeah. It, it meets every need you can. And you can really mine. It's such a simple message, but you can mine the depths of it. It seems like forever. And the oh, word yeah. is just all about it. And, um, it, it causes me grief. Like, I'll be honest. Sometimes I even get a little angry when I hear people <clears throat> say like, well, I've moved past the gospel. I've mm-hmm. went into deeper things, more spiritual things. And mm-hmm. two things become true about that person. Number one, they look back to themselves yeah. for their accumulation of knowledge. And number two, they don't share their faith. Yeah, because the deeper you do get into the word and deeper practices, there are things that you're not going to tell a new believer that yeah. are just deep. They they just come with experience. You want to be washed in the blood. Yeah, like you know things that they're not going <laughs> to understand. But what that, the danger that comes with that is, you're 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 getting further away from the door. Yeah, you're getting further away from where people are. Yeah, you got You still got to reach people. Somebody reached you. Yeah, uh, people get deeper into the church deeper into the library, deeper into the Mm. books, and they get so spiritually fat that they're useless for the lost person. Yeah. Because they're going, how are they going to understand perpetuation and all that kind of stuff? Mm. It's like, it's simple. Look and live. Just do what the word says. Just do what the word says. Yeah, it's a very, uh, the more I I went on, the the more the Bible became less, uh, I don't want to say spiritualized because the word is is spirit, but it... um, or it's from the Holy Spirit and it's it's God's word. Mm-hmm. But what I mean by spiritualized, it's it's almost mystical. Like mystical. And it became so practical to me. I'm yeah, like, practical. These things are so practical in my life. Absolutely. And don't you want practical advice to know how to live your life and do the things that God wants you to do? Or do mm-hmm. you want this mystical thing where you're always trying to grab at it and you don't quite get it? And you think, why does this person have that and I don't have that? Yep. And you're just waiting for it. But yeah. it's 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 a practical book. Because obviously it corresponds to reality because it is reality because it's God's word. So, yeah, um, yeah the gospel is, uh, it's been, like I said, my reason for living for since, yeah. since I've trusted Christ. <laughs> it's it's just been the fire for, and it, it just, it informs every area of my life. How I raise my daughter, how I treat my wife, what I do throughout my life, how I conduct my business. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I think someone cuts me off in traffic, I think, you know, in my old sinful self, I need to let that guy know that he cut me off. I need to do something like yell out the window, maybe some explicitives or something Mm -hmm. like that. But I, I stop myself because I think, what if I go up to this gas station up here, I'm about to go to, and this man's going to be here and I'm just the man that just yelled at him. So is he ever going to listen to me about eternal (laughs) life? It it informs everything. It's like every thought is wrapped around this thing. And, uh, I haven't gotten over it yet. No, I no. think the most like succinct, probably best way to put it is like Paul. Mm. I I desire to know one thing. Yeah, Christ and Him crucified. Yes, that's how I, how I want to be known by you. Oh, but people want to throw the PhD, the MD, the THD, whatever. And it's good to have those. I'm not saying those things are bad. Yeah, yeah. But when that becomes the first thing you re- show somebody, that's like, look how good I, like, look how much I know. Yes. Boy, some people need them to sit alongside them mm. and just, like you said, walk them up to the cross. It's Here's e- your opportunity. It's easy to let pride oh, yeah. uh, take its place for sure. Well, good stuff, man. I think this has been good. And um, for those of you that are in the comment section, Write down your thoughts, share this with people, like, comment, subscribe, uh, leave Cody some encouragement. Um, don't forget too that we are 
we're looking to do a lot more of these interviews talking to people about their faith and how they came to put their their uh, their faith in Christ. So we're excited about that. If you could pray for all that we're doing there. If you have a Bible question, though, send it to us. Questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. We'll be more than happy to get you an emailed response. But until next time, this is Pastor Jesse, my friend Cody here. Thanks for joining us. Keep looking up. Jesus Christ is coming soon. If you enjoyed today's episode of Bible Line, make sure to subscribe to the channel and share this video with a friend. Do you have a Bible question? Send us an email, questions at BibleLineMinistries.org, and we'll do our best to get you an answer. Or you can leave your question in the comments of this video. Be sure to check the links in the description for more clear Bible teaching. Bible Line is a ministry of Calvary Community Church located in Tampa, Florida.